So what I have for you today is both the letter of Archbishop Vigano, his second one, on the Second Vatican Council, and the letter that was written to him from Professor Paolo Pasqualucci. Apologies to the Italian speakers out there. I know, my Italian sucks. I'm going to read to you the letter that was written to him first, and then the his response to it, or at least the comments, is published by Catholic Family News. And I'll have a link to this exchange on the sources blog, returntotradition.org, so you can read this for yourself if you are so inclined. First, I'm going to give you the comments from the professor, which then led to the second letter. We thank Archbishop Vigano for his latest clarifying intervention, which contained great lucidity and intellectual honesty, as always. We also thank Bishop Schneider, who also continuously illuminates and comforts us with his precious interventions. We hope that other members of the clergy will join them soon. Regarding the criticism that Archbishop Vigano seems to have offered to Bishop Schneider, it seems to me that we can say the following. Bishop Schneider seems to enunciate a general principle, that it is possible to change a previous doctrine of the Church, a doctrine because it is contained in quote-unquote magisterial acts. But then he gives examples that are not in fact true and proper quote-unquote magisterial acts, because they do not concern modifications to aspects of doctrine, they do not have relevance from a doctrinal point of view. Thus, the principle expressed by Bishop Schneider must be rejected if one wishes to apply it to doctrine. The Church over the centuries has changed her opinion on some few issues, e.g. on the charging of interest on a loan, first prohibited as usury but then admitted on certain conditions, and on the Pope's temporal power of governance, first understood as a direct authority over the whole world, even if not directly exercised, then, by Robert Bellarmine, as an indirect authority. But the, these questions do not concern dogma, and thus they do not concern doctrine properly so called. They do not concern the salvation of souls. Is everything all right, then, in relation to the teaching of the Council? No. Now, as has been pointed out, Bishop Schneider has always maintained the need for a new syllabus to rectify certain aspects of Vatican II, and not only this. A syllabus has doctrinal relevance, and in effect the errors contained in the council, even if it was only a pastoral council, have a doctrinal relevance. It is impossible to deny this. So here with the proposed new syllabus, it is not a question of changing doctrines that was validly taught by popes in the past, but only of eradicating the errors that have penetrated it. The error of the council is not doctrine. The error of the council denies doctrine wholly and completely, and it is error that was propagated by an assembly that claimed to be only pastoral, but which was also strained with serious and repeated illegalities. In all honesty, I do not see the problem raised here by Archbishop Vigano with regard to a specific intervention of the future magisterium on the errors of the Concili Bolo that was Vatican II. His thesis, if we have correctly understood it, is obviously valid in relation to the true doctrine of the Church, but it does not seem applicable to me with regard to a false doctrine that was set up, with the complicity of the popes then reigning by a tumultuous council that was held in a climate of continuous confusion and illegality. I consider all this as a layman, but in my opinion, after having clearly highlighted the procedural subterfuges and the errors against the faith scattered throughout the documents, a pope could very well quash the entire council, quote, thereby confirming his brethren in the faith, end quote. This would fall perfectly within his summa potestas irreducinis over the entire church, 
Ire Divino. The council is not superior to the Pope. If the council has deviated from the faith, the Pope has the power to invalidate it. Indeed, it is his duty. On closer inspection, there is nothing here to retract. It is up to Archbishop Vigano to further explain. If he deems it opportune in such a way to help us better understand his thought, also because as laymen we do not have the same theological and canonical instruments in hand, and we are not laymen who are opposed to the clergy. I said that I consider all this as a layman, not in order to argue, but simply to indicate that I am not a theologian or an expert on this matter, and thus I reason as a layman, who has a background in law and philosophy. Archbishop Vigano and Bishop Schneider are not two enemies to refute. The theological and canonical problems raised by this incredible crisis of the Church are very large, and will be solved only with difficulty. We are trying to orient ourselves using the guidance offered us through the grace of God by these two courageous and most valid bishops, the only ones thus far who have faced the enemy in a frontal attack. So there you have the letter that Archbishop Vigano will now be responding to. So now in his own words. Dear Dr. Guarani, I have received the observations of Professor Pasqualucci, which you kindly sent to me, and to which I will attempt to respond as much as possible in a concise way. Regarding the possibility of making a correction to the acts of the Second Vatican Council, I think we can agree. The heretical propositions or those which favor heresy should be condemned, and we can only hope that this will happen as soon as possible. My objection to Bishop Schneider stems rather from my concern about the possibility that there will be perceived among the official acts of the Church a hapax that, beyond ambiguous formulations of discontinuity, was intended and conceived for its subversive value, and which as such has caused many evils. From a legal point of view, the most suitable solution may perhaps be found, but from the pastoral point of view, that is, as regards the Council's usefulness for the edification of the faithful, it is preferable to let the whole thing drop and be forgotten. And if it is true, as Professor Pasqualucci affirms, not that the error is not doctrine, it is equally true that a condemnation of heterodox propositions would not remove the shadows that surround the whole undertaking of the Council as a complex whole, and which prejudice the entire corpus of its documents, nor would it remove the consequences that have deprived from the council, derived from the Council. It should also be remembered that the event of the Council far surpasses the documents which it produced. The mere fact that Vatican II is susceptible to correction ought to be sufficient to declare its oblivion as soon as its most obvious errors are seen with clarity. Not by chance does Professor Pasqualucci call it conciliabolo, devilish counsel. Like the Synod of Pistoia, which merited the condemnation of the entire Synod before the mere condemnation of the individual errors which it taught, I make my own statement. Quote, After having clearly highlighted the procedural subterfuges and the errors against the faith scattered throughout the documents, a pope could very well finally quash the entire council, thereby confirming his brethren in the faith. This would fall perfectly within his sumo potestas uh, irreducionis over the entire church, ero divino. The council is not superior to the pope. If the council has deviated from the faith, the pope has the power to invalidate it. Indeed, it is his duty. Allow me to add that, faced with the disastrous situation in which the church finds herself, and many evils that afflict her, Long discourses among specialists appear inadequate and inconclusive. There is an urgent need to restore the Bride of Christ to her 2,000-year tradition and recover the treasures that have been plundered and scattered. 
thus permitting the disoriented flock to be fully nourished by them. Every discussion amidst the legitimate differences of opinion must not have as its goal any compromise with the distortions of the truth, but rather that the truth will fully triumph. Virtue is the right mean between two vices, like a peak between two valleys. This ought to be our goal. It seems to me that from this fruitful exchange with my brother, Bishop Athanasius, what emerges is how much both of us have solely at heart the reestablishment of the Catholic faith is the essential foundation for our union and charity. There is no conflict, no opposition. Our zeal springs from and grows in the Eucharistic heart of our Lord and returns to it so as to be consumed in love for him. Allow me, Dr. Guguani, to invite your readers to pray assiduously for their pastors, and particularly for those who are living through the present crisis with travail and suffering, and who are striving to fulfill the mandate they have received from their Divine Master. In a moment in which we are all under attack, besieged on every side, it is necessary more than ever to come together with faith and humility underneath the mantle of she who commands us. Love for the Queen of Victories who unites her children is the most evident proof that there cannot be and must not be divisions between us, which are the distinctive mark of the enemy. My blessings go to you and your readers. Signed, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. That having been said, I am now left wondering something. Is dissent from Vatican II going mainstream? I ask because, due to his letter to the president, Vigano is becoming a household name again among Catholics well outside the spheres of traditionalist commentary. For most Catholics, I hadn't heard a thing about him since about two years ago. And now he's, you know, in the headlines again. I mean, he's still having articles written about him from the usual sources. And you know what? That's a fine thing in my estimation. I mean, it does boost interest in him, and he has written some things that are very, well, eye-opening since then. I have to ask, though, if, he, if you know, dissent from Vatican II is going mainstream at this point, because when I first started this channel two years ago, if I ever said something about Vatican II clearly being full of errors, the comments would be filled by people who denied that or repeated the, it's just the implementation of the council that's the problem. With everything that has gone on in the last two years, much of it surrounding Vigano, I have to ask if, you know, this has changed and if the, this dissent has gone mainstream. I need your help on this because I haven't really been in a position to find out from Catholics outside of traditionalist circles if that's the case. So in closing, I'll say this. I have something on Vigano that I made late last week but has been pushed back repeatedly due to the news, including these letters. I'll have it Wednesday. The plan tomorrow is to cover something that might be the fulfillment of prophecy right before our eyes. In the meantime, let me know if you've seen dissent from Vatican II go mainstream yet. Have you seen people aside from the commentators and people who watch a lot of us voice opposition? Or is it still relatively small attitude among the faithful? And I'll even go further. I'm one of those fringe wackos who thinks the stuff we're seeing in the secular world right now is related to Vatican II. But, you know, again, I'm not around mainstream Catholics much anymore, so I can't be a good judge of if dissent from the council is going mainstream. So send me your thoughts in an email or in the comments, especially if you have any way of measuring this or have seen media articles. If you have articles, email those to me. The filters on my channel are pretty strong when it comes to links, so just, you know, send those to an email. The link is in the description of this. And please pray for our prelates in the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.